welcome back to Starting From The Pits. I am your host Charlotte and today I am not joined by a guest for once actually. Today it is just me, myself and I and my phone and my facts. The guest will continue as per usual as of next week. However, this week we're just going to chat a little bit about testing. It's coming up literally it's starting today the day that this episode comes out testing has begun and I feel like it is quite important to remember testing is just testing I just want to remind everybody don't get too excited but I think I'm just going to go into a few of the key teams that I want to talk about and sort of what we need to be looking for within these different teams because there's a few teams that need discussing and you know, we also need to give ourselves little reminders that everything we see at testing should not be taken as facts, as George Russell would say. Facts. So, without further ado, further ado, further ado, I don't know what you meant to say in that. Let's just get into the episode. So, as I said, picking out a few teams and we're just going to do a bit of a deep dive in what they've been going on with their cars, what we should be looking for with testing this weekend and just sort of my predictions of what testing is going to be like to be honest because it is the first tiny bit of Formula One that we have gotten since that final round at Abu Dhabi and any opportunity that I'm getting to talk about it I will talk about it. So first off we're going to talk about Red Bull obviously. So Red Bull keeps saying how this car is an evolution of their previous car which that in itself is quite a bold statement. <laughs> like, how can you get much better than a car that only lost one race last year? Like, that is a very bold statement to be making. Second of all, I think it's quite interesting how Red Bull have done this in the fact that they've changed their car to have these new side pods and these shoulder cannons, as they're called, which I'm no engineer or mechanic or anything like that. I don't know what these things do. However, I have noticed that this is very similar to the way that the Mercedes car was looking last year, which is quite interesting because Mercedes have completely steered away from that look of the car last year. Obviously, they have every right to because the car didn't work for them last year. So I think it's quite interesting that Red Bull are leaning that way, given the performance of the Mercedes. Like, why would you lean into something that didn't work for somebody else? But having said that, I will be interested to see how the Red Bull will now perform and what they have changed on the Red Bull to counteract what didn't work for Mercedes, if that makes sense. So what are Red Bull doing to ensure that what happened with the Mercedes car in terms of why the side pods and maybe the shoulder cannons, I think that's what they're called, didn't work, how are they counteracting that in other areas of their car? I will be very interested to see that. Not that I understand any of it, but that could be very interesting to see. Speaking of Mercedes, I'll be intrigued. I'm going to say this a lot during this episode, I think, but I'm going to be very intrigued to see what the vibe is going to be like between Lewis and George and the rest of the team. I feel like if we sense anything cold that's going on over at Merck, then it's going to be like, everyone's going to be like, oh my god, they all hate Lewis, it's not going, you know, they can tell he's leaving now, all the focus is on George. But on the flip side, if they all are all like really overly supportive, overly informative and chatty with him, they're going to be like, oh well, they're obviously overcompensating because they don't want to seem like they're coming across as cold. So I feel like either way, they're not going to be able to win with that but it will be interesting to see the dynamic and see if anything has changed in comparison to the last year knowing 
Lewis is leaving. I also would love to know, like, how are Mercedes going into this? Are they going into this as like, right, well, Lewis is leaving. We need to put all of our efforts into George. I'm not saying that they have A drivers and B drivers, that kind of thing. They obviously do, but they won't say it out loud. But it'd be interesting to see how Lewis performs in comparison to George. And are they putting all of their effort into George now, knowing that he's with the team for the long run, like Lewis used to be? Or do Mercedes want to be the ones that Lewis wins his eighth title with? I'm assuming that they will do. But will this pull, will this pull through into his performance on the track? Will it be obvious to us that they're like, okay, well, obviously they want this it's quite clear that Lewis is the favoured driver this season. So that would be interesting. Also, this could be potentially Lewis's last championship. I mean, not to be a Ferrari hater because I am a Ferrari fan. I I take the slander, you know? I understand why people make jokes at us, but this could be his last title. So I feel like that's another reason for Mercedes to sort of put more energy and effort into Lewis this year because it could be his last and they would want him to be like they would want it to be like well we were Lewis Hamilton's last world championship we were his eighth we were the record holding championship people if that makes sense championship constructors god I cannot get my words out which is not great if you have a podcast the next team I'd like to discuss is Sauber now I know they're called stake whatever F1 team, I'm just going to call them Sauber because let's be honest, this team name is not going to stick around for a long time. But Sauber, we all know who I'm talking about. It's not confusing. Everybody knows who Sauber is. So, Sauber. What I don't understand with these teams, say for example, it's not McLaren or Mercedes and they've not got like a, a vehicle manufacturer as a team name. I don't understand how... A team like, say, Audi are going to come in in a few time, a few years' time and just make a better car. Like, surely Salva can just do that now. How are Audi making any difference in coming into it and being like, oh, but by the way, we're going to have a championship winning team. How? How is that working? Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I don't understand the whole sponsorship thing. Maybe Audi being a better and bigger, more well-established brand within the automotive industry obviously makes a difference in terms of sponsorship and the money that they can bring towards it a bit like Aston Martin I think they pass off some of their like monetary values as automotive rather than Formula One and things like that there's a bit of a crossover and a grey area there whether Audi can do the same and then be like well we've got a better car now I just don't understand how like the car is the car I get that they can add things and change things but at the end of the day like the team's probably not going to change that drastically. How do Audi then just come in and be like, championship winning team, this is going to be us now. I don't I don't understand that. I will also, as I said, be calling Sauber Sauber until Audi come in because I just can't deal with the whole kickstake Alfa Romeo, whatever the hell. I know it's not even Alfa Romeo anymore, but I just don't want to deal with that. It's just not for me. Do love the livery though. I'm excited to see that out on track. I do think the green is really, really cool. I feel like sometimes has... Alpha Tauri, I'm gonna call them Alpha Tauri. I know it's not Alpha Tauri. V Carb. It's just such a bad name. Such a bad name. And sometimes Williams all kind of merge into the same conversation of it's gonna to have to be the battle of 
the best of the worst, if that makes sense. But I do feel like this season, the only team that could possibly pull the way out of that is Williams. I feel like we've got a lot of hope going into this, you know. Alex Albon has just signed the 2025 contract with Williams, so they are locked in with Alex. And I feel like he was the backbone of last season. So to have him locked in there and, you know, putting his trust into them, because there was rumours that he could have go to Red Bull. I mean, I don't personally see that happening, but we digress. Yeah, it just seemed like if Logan was sort of like progressing in the way that Alex did throughout that last season, because they came in so strong towards the end of that season, it was like, give them a few more races, they could have been consistently point scoring. I feel like if Logan continues to progress the way that he did towards the end of the last season, we could have a really strong lineup there. And I'm kind of rooting for Logan to do well, because I just love how American he is. He brings a good energy to the Formula One grid and yeah, I just, I quite like Logan. So yeah, as I said, out of the Alpha Tauri, Haas and the Williams, I feel like the Williams are probably one of the stronger teams, to be honest, um, given how well they improved last season. Just realised I called it Alpha Tauri and it's B-Carb. I'm so sorry, Red Bull. Also, Alpha Tauri sponsoring the FIA. I mean, who's going to go out there and buy FIA merch? Apart from like 2021 Max stands, strange one. If you're if you go around to a man's house and he's wearing Alpha Tauri FIA merch, red flag. That's all I'm saying on the matter. Everyone else, I mean, they're like my key points, but obviously we can't have a conversation about testing without talking about everybody on the grid. So we might as well just deep dive into it. McLaren, I feel like it'll be very interesting to see the timing differences between the boys. Obviously, as I said at the start of the episode, I almost gave like a disclaimer. Disclaimer, by the way, guys, testing is testing. Nothing is accurate. We know nothing from testing. Everybody could be sandbagging. We literally have no clue. But yeah, between Lando and Oscar, it's going to be very interesting. I feel like Oscar's going to put a really good lap in and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, Oscar Piastri, better than Lando. That whole conversation is going to come in. The Oscar Lando girlies are going to be at each other. When in reality, Lando could have been out there testing what the car was like in third gear for the entire track. Probably not a thing that they do, but you just never know. And <laughs> it's just going to be taken way out of context. But um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out for the two of them. Because I do feel like they are very equally matched. And it will be very interesting to see how that partnership is portrayed in Drive to Survive for a start. And then also plays out for this second season of them both being signed to McLaren for a long-term contract as well they're both locked in for a good couple of years now so yeah that will be very insightful to see I'm trying to think of a different word of interesting because it's all just going to be interesting <laughs> Aston Martin I feel like we could see some quite good things from them also Alpine I feel like both of them are being quite quiet as a blade I don't see much maybe it's just my algorithm but I don't really see that much from either of them creating too much of a hype around the car obviously yeah it just doesn't they are a team that I don't really pay that much attention to Alpine I do often forget that they are on the grid <laughs> that's so bad because I do love the livery I love the pink and blue I just forget that they're there sometimes they're just a bit forgettable but yeah I just feel like they are a bit quiet on the socials and just not really ranting and raving about much whereas you see like McLaren, they're constantly talking about the car, they're constantly talking about the lineup and the drivers. Um, maybe they've just got a different social strategy and maybe they're just being this like calm, cool, collected, quiet but confident kind of persona around the car, but it just feels a little bit quiet. 
on the Alpine front. But yeah, moving back to Aston Martin, it'll be really good to see, or I would really love to see them keep that consistency like they did last year. You know, they came in so strong. They were like the green, the second Red Bulls, the green Red Bulls, whatever you wanted to call them. Um, They had a really similar looking car to the Red Bulls last year and they did really well. They performed so well in the first half of the season and they were getting those podiums and I would love to see that again this year and it'd be great to see that transition into the second half of the season as well. But I just, I don't know, out of the two, you know, it was McLaren and Aston Martin last year, out of those two, I do feel like that the McLaren will be stronger. But again, I don't know whether that's just because I'm seeing more of them on socials and they're creating more of that hype. It makes a big difference. You don't realise how much of a difference or how much of an influence the social medias of these teams has on your opinions of them because to me the Williams is going to be really strong the Williams is going to be so like podiums every weekend almost and that's purely because I'm seeing so much of them on socials and the confidence that everybody has in the team over social media whereas the Alpine I'm seeing bits but it's not like I'm getting testimonials from the teams and the teams are going crazy over it over socials and things like that so I don't know, maybe maybe that is just the influence of those I follow from Alpine versus those I follow on McLaren, I don't know. But I will say, I do think that McLaren are going to take the edge on the Aston Martin for that exact reason that I just said prior. I feel like I've not discussed Ferrari at all, however, I don't really have much of an opinion on Ferrari at the moment. We could go to one of two ways, like, the tension between Carlos and the Ferrari, that will be very interesting. Um... I feel like there's going to be no bad blood though because I feel like Carlos is almost quite confident in the fact that he is going to Audi next year. It's been talked about. So if he doesn't go to Audi next year, then I will be very shocked. Um, in fact, probably more shocked for him to not get a seat than him to get a seat, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Carlos is quietly confident in the fact that he's going to Audi and he's just chilling. He's just in Ferrari for the foreseeable, just going to be enjoying and living life to the fullest at Ferrari and in making the most of every moment there until he has to go to Audi. Um, and for Charles, I feel like this is quite a big year, you know? He almost has to really prove himself as a driver to Ferrari that he can be number one even when Lewis is there. I'm so intrigued as to what the dynamic is going to be like when Lewis gets there because it's almost like the carrot has been dangling with Charles for God knows how many years now. And it's like, then you bring Lewis Hamilton in. It's like, how can you compete against seven-time world champion, potentially eight-time world champion this year? Like, it just seems so unfair. But I'm almost thinking, like, do Ferrari have a plan in place for Charles to be like, right, Lewis is coming in for the X amount of years. He's going to get his last world championship. He will retire and then you will be our number one driver. But then it's like, how long can you string somebody on for and make all these promises? It is, it, I've said it once and I'll say it again. It's a toxic relationship. Ferrari will make all these promises and then be like, mm, no, we'll just take that away. So I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about the whole Charles Ferrari Lewis world championship situation. It is a situation. But yeah, that should be very interesting to see how it all will pan out over the next few years. In terms of performance, I feel like Ferrari are the most likely to be sandbagging just because they don't want to be like, they'd be too embarrassed just in case they weren't fast enough. <laughs> It'd be just like, oh yeah, we were only slow today because we were sandbagging, when in reality they were just like, oh, this is all we've got. Um, 
I don't know why that ma- they make me just they just give me those vibes. I don't know why, but yeah, out of everybody, I feel like Ferrari are most likely to be sandbagging. I think overall, my top five teams for this season would be Red Bull, obviously. McLaren, I feel like McLaren are going to be really good contenders for this year. I feel like we're just on the verge of being one of the absolute top teams. And I feel like this is the season where that gets cracked. So Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari and Mercedes. P5, feel like, in my opinion, that could be quite interchangeable throughout the season. So it could be Williams. It could be Aston Martin. It could be Alpine. Has I don't think I feel like there's too many changes going on in Has for it to be consistent enough for them to be like this is our season kind of thing. There was too much up in the air, you know. We've gone through and everything. I feel like Has are a team of habit. They love consistency. I don't know where I'm drawing this information from, but in my eyes, Has are a team of consistency, and without that stability, it's a bit like oh, what now? Don't know where I'm getting that from just feel like they are that way out and I get it has I get it um who else is there that could be interchangeable why can I not think of a single team on the grid Williams oh oh V-Carb AlphaTauri whatever you want to call it maybe I feel like they're just gonna be it's gonna be them versus Sauber and I don't know whether that's because they're the two names that have changed their names (laughs) and I'm just putting them two together (laughs) psychology of these predictions is so way off um but yeah that p5 spot could be interchangeable throughout the season and it'll be interesting to see who you know comes to fruition with that i guess so if you are interested in watching testing whenever it is on or keeping up with the timings at least it is on from today the 21st until the 23rd which i'm assuming is sunday i don't even know the dates to be honest um and yeah you can just take you can go on the f1 app it'll all the times will be on there i think you can watch it i'm not sure if you can visibly watch it but yeah you will be able to keep up with the timings and see who's at the top and predict who is sandbagging essentially as i said disclaimer it is just testing they could be throwing god knows what on these cars for testing so take it with a pinch of salt That's the phrase I've been trying to find this whole episode. Take it with a pinch of salt. (laughs) It's only taken me 20 minutes to get there, but we got there at the end. As always, thank you so much for listening to Starting From The Pits. You can always send me a DM. I'd love to know your feedback and also any predictions that you have, any information, any opinions that you guys have. You can always reach out to me on Instagram at Starting From The Pits. I love a good chat about Formula One. This is exactly what the podcast is all about. So if you want to listen along, DM me while you're listening. I am happy to have the conversation with you guys. That's all from me this week. And I will see you next week with a very exciting guest.